0: Good morning, afternoon, and welcome to the 8311cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, where we bring you, all things sports, to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and White Teeter, where this week we talk to you about Cyclone Football, the NFL, MLB, and of course, our signature segments, Write That Down Predictions, Mike's Stupid Rules, (laughs) (laughs) and your weekly turtle tab.
1: God, Instead man, laughing, weeks in a screwed row. The, W-T-T. WTT is not write that down. It is yep. now. WTT that, is weekly turtle tab.
0: Write that down. I don't even know. I don't. I looked at it, and I realized it was wrong, and I just went with it anyway.
1: I, I tried to contain oh my, my laughter, but I, 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 no I couldn't.
0: I know you did. I understand.
1: <laughs> I couldn't
0: do it. I'll get it right next week.
1: All right, we'll, That's we'll, we'll count every, on But You're going to get a lot of crap if you don't get it right next week. Now no, it,
0: Third so. time's the charm. Yeah. The, I should really just write that out. That's
1: what I was going to say. You're the one who abbreviated it in the first place. so.
0: I even looked at it before we started, and I was like, man, I, I should write that out. But yeah. I was like, nah, I'm not going to mess it up this time, right?
1: And
0: oh, man. Anyway,
1: do you know what didn't get messed up? The Cyclone football victory Almost got messed up.
2: But it didn't.
1: But it didn't. Uh, so it was I like so to say,
2: stressful. Just win, babe. Just win. So stressful.
1: It was so stressful, though. Right? Triple triple overtime, 26-23 Cyclones. That was a heck of a game. I've got a couple things. I'm just going to jump right in. The defense, first of all, phenomenal. Right. Really good. That defense, I mean, in regulation, that defense held Northern Iowa to six points over the course of the entire game.
2: And I believe only 38 rushing yards as well.
1: They were averaging like 1.2 yards per rush, which is just phenomenal. It was was that typical Cyclones defense that you saw a lot uh, last year, and you'll see probably all of this year, where you're going to rush three. You're going to have one of the linebackers be a a spy slash a late rusher, right? They're going to just hang back a little bit. They're going to either spy the quarterback and move with him, or they're going to see a rushing lane that's going to develop, right, when the offensive linemen are shifting and then they're going to get a free run on the quarterback with a little bit of a delayed blitz there. That's just going to be typical Iowa State offense or defense. That's going to be the bread and butter. And uh, the two biggest observations from the defense, outside of the fact that it was just, you know, played phenomenally, is Orion Vance. The play of mm-hmm. Orion Vance. He's number, number 34 out there. Phenomenal. Uh, Him and Marcel Spears were the ones who were doing that little spy linebacker, I'm going to call it, for Mm. lack of a better phrase. He played phenomenal. He had two sacks. He was all over the field. Uh, He was able to keep uh, Northern Iowa's quarterback in check, despite him being fairly mobile. Uh, His play was phenomenal, and his emergence as a second linebacker is going to be big for this uh, Iowa State defense. And uh, what was a big loss for the Iowa State defense this week was Braxton Lewis not being able to play. He was a little banged up. I know, Kyle, uh, you brought that up during the game. You want to speak a little bit more to uh, yeah. Lewis? And- yeah,
2: I brought it up. Um, so the, his replacement, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he, he's number seven, number seven um, yeah. on the defense. He missed quite a few open field tackles, um, but as the game progressed, I noticed that he um, looked more and more comfortable um, in the system and in the scheme. I wonder if that was just... Purely nerves of him getting his first start um, of his collegiate career. Um, but I do believe that this defense will be even better with Braxton Lewis back on the field. Last year, Braxton Lewis was a walk-on, um, was, a, was purely a walk-on for the program. And this year, he did earn a scholarship. So he played his way into a scholarship last year. Played phenomenally with Greg Eyesworth, um as his running mate in the uh, Cyclones um, defensive backfield Um, but it will be encouraging to get Braxton Lewis back. Um, On the same note, injury-wise, talking about Orion Vance, he did have um, a slight injury during the game. He came out purely just the wind got knocked out of him. Inadvertent uh, cleat to the stomach by Mike Rose on a tackle. Um, But from the other injuries from the game, uh, one of them was a pretty big one, Colin Newell... Uh, looked like he sustained a pretty serious injury, wasn't able to put a lot of weight on his leg, um, the starting center for the Cyclones on the offensive line. Um, and whenever you lose a center, um, in my opinion, that is the biggest loss to an offensive line. They do a lot of uh, talk um, for that offensive line, and they are the ones who obviously handle the snap. And um, they call
1: out all the offensive line which, audibles which is, stuff. Which is cru- crucial
2: for... Um, the success of an offensive line, but it did come out that he uh, just had a sprain um, in his knee, no ligament damage, nothing else, uh, and he is considered day-to-day with, the, with a very good probability that he will be back uh, for the Iowa game, which is very good news. Another injury, which also looked fairly serious, um, it sent him right to the locker room, was Kanae uh our kick returner slash running back. Um, He had a lot of great runs um, in the game, but a lot of them were outside sweeps um, where he was just able to display his speed, but he did avoid a serious injury. Um, It was a lower leg injury. Uh, He has no timetable for return. I don't think they're going to push him due to the committee that the Cyclones have in the backfield uh, right now. There's no need for him to come back immediately He will be a loss um, for the return game. Uh, But for right now, there's no timetable for his return. I'd like to speak a little bit more about the uh, backfield for the Cyclones.
1: Yeah, Uh, let's talk about the offense in general. Go for it. So
2: offense in general, um, one thing that I was super keen on uh, seeing in this game is who the Cyclones put out as their starter in the backfield. So the first drive... Uh, started out with um, Johnny Lang. Uh, he got the first the first offensive series, offensive possession, um, and I thought he did a fairly good job. It was a fairly short possession, so we didn't see much from him. Um, and then immediately in the second possession, Brees Hall came out, and I really, really liked what I saw um, in limited production from him. He didn't really see a ton of snaps throughout the game. He, he and um, Johnny Lang primarily split snaps for the first three quarters of the game. Um, And I liked what I saw from Brees Hall. I liked what I saw from Johnny Lang. Obviously, very small sample size so far, but both were able to run the ball and get fairly good yard, scrimmage yards per carry. Um, All the backs in the game were averaging around four yards per carry, uh, which was encouraging. But the offensive line was able to create a lot of good holes for them to run through. Um, now in the second half, uh, before his injury, Kane Nwangu, as I had just previously mentioned, was able to break a lot of good runs until his injury. But then the workhorse at the end of the game was Sheldon Crony, who we also saw. He is a fifth-year uh, senior, um, a red-shirt senior, and he... Did a lot of great things for the Cyclones at the end of the game and almost cost the Cyclones the game.
1: That's what I was about to say.
2: Overtime. Uh, He fumbled on the play prior to him scoring for the game winning touchdown. um, And Brock Purdy risked the entire season to dive into a pile to save one football game. Um, cause if the Panthers had recovered that football, the game would have been over, but instead Brock Purdy saved the game and I, Sheldon Crony was able to punch it in from the one yard line.
1: I, I loved that play by Purdy that showed incredible awareness, one, uh, motivation and athleticism, right? All three of those to be aware that that ball was on the ground to see it to instinctually just go after it and not worry about it, that was that was a beautiful play by Pug. He was,
2: he was carrying out the fake to the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. On the and just all of a sudden, flash of color popped into the screen, and he, he got his hands on the ball. And Matt Campbell said he knew who was at the bottom of the pile, and he knew who, who was coming away with that football.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. He yeah, risked but- a lot, but he also... Won the game for the Cyclones, in my opinion, yeah. on that play.
1: Yeah. So you talked about the running backs, um, but I'd like just like to talk about the the offense overall in general. So we talked about the defense having a phenomenal day. I wouldn't say the offense had a phenomenal day. I mean, they only scored 13 points in regulation themselves, which isn't great. There was a missed field goal by uh, Connor, Connor Sally, Sally. But, but I thought... The offense was incredibly conservative this yep. entire game. Like there were not a
2: lot of deep deep throws. There like, weren't any deep shots.
1: Right. There was only about one deep throw, and uh, Purdy underthrew it horribly. But um, yeah, so there's the one deep throw. Purdy only ran the ball twice, one of which was erased by penalty. So we weren't running the ball. The offense looked like a ground and pound offense. And I mean, it was successful enough, right? It got the job done. But my theory on this was it was Campbell thought we were better than Northern Iowa, and we are better than Northern Iowa. Agreed. So he said, I'm not going to show what my offense is going to be this year. We're going to run the ball. We're going to do short passes. We're going to move the chains. We're going to be efficient. And that's just what we're going to do. No worrying about it one way or the other. Um, And it worked. It worked. He didn't. So I presume that this offense is going to be better, more creative, more explosive.
2: More expansive future. playbook for Iowa.
1: Yes, I agree. I definitely think that's going to be the case. And I hope that's the case because uh, generally you don't find a more conservative play caller in the state of Iowa than Kurt Ferenc. But uh, Matt Campbell is vying him for this title here that week. And I mean, there's something to be said for that strategy with how uh, – with how good their cyclone defense is looking, like it's going to be, mm-hmm. but you still got to be able to score. And I mean, sure, there were a couple drives that were upended by two costly penalties. Yep. Um, with the uh, Johnny Lang uh, blindside block, that uh, I mean, that w- it's a play. It was a penalty, but under last year's rules, it wouldn't have been a penalty. So there's that. Right. That's new a new rule. rule, with, new rule for this year. Block. And then the 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 Colin Newell uh, helmet. Right. So he got a penalty, his helmet came off, and then he had disengaged from the play and then re-entered the play. It's a player safety thing and a penalty for that. So that's why he got a 15-yard penalty there. And I mean, that one, it's hard to get upset at him for that. I mean, part of me says he's got to be aware of that and just not. But part of me just loves that effort, right? It was a little it was a little bit of a scrum there trying to push the running back forward, and he's just going in there for it. You love that intensity. From your offensive lineman, so that was great. That was fun to see. But you it wasn't
2: Colin Newell; it was Knipple. Was it Knipple? Yeah, okay. he lost his helmet twice. Yeah. So the, the equipment gotta, gotta staff fix, needs to come up with a better fix, fitting helmet for him. Yeah,
1: fix his helmet before Iowa, please. I don't want it popping off more than. Yeah. But. So overall. Another,
2: oh, another thing I want to point out is. Did you notice how little Brock Purdy scrambled this year compared to last year? Yes,
0: that was totally yep.
2: intentional. This,
0: is, to this game was totally a training exercise. It was just like a byproduct of what they've been working on all spring and summer with getting Brock Purdy more comfortable in the pocket. That was his probably arguably his biggest issue last year was getting out of the pocket and then not having an internal clock to figure out where he's going to be running to or what he's going to yeah. be doing after that.
2: Or when so, to get rid of the ball.
0: Yeah, exactly. So this, I think, this was kind of to help both Brock and the O line kind of get a better feel for him being comfortable in the pocket to actually find where is he going to chuck the ball at? What are we going to do? You know, it, it, it was more for Brock. I think he can definitely still scramble. I would love to see some more pump fakes out of him, but for him only doing you know twice successfully throughout the entire game, that was totally intentional. I think mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot more of that coming throughout
2: the season.
1: Yeah. One thing that we can't uh can't move on without saying is talk about the play of Deshante Jones. Oh. We needed
2: somebody to step up and he he rose to the occasion in a big way.
1: So he's he's definitely shown that he can be a really good possession wide receiver, good on motion plays, sweeps, short crosses, screens, things like that. He's shown he can be very good there, but the question is Oh, and that's just a phenomenal game. So not to discount anything you did, but who is going to emerge as Iowa State's deep threat is the question, right? Because eventually someone we're gonna we're not gonna be able to beat every team, especially in the Big Twelve, the big offenses like Oklahoma, who looked really good this week, by the way. Oh man,
2: but, they looked phenomenal.
1: Yeah. We're not gonna be able to beat them with a dink and dunk offense. We're gonna have to score with that. So we need a big play. Wide receiver to step up to replace that production from Butler. Deshante Jones showed that he can replace the, uh, Possessions
2: the uh, possession
1: part of Butler, but somebody needs to replace the deep threat.
2: And so. I believe, I believe going forward that will be Tariq Milton. And what I what, and I'm saying that because we talked about how the playbook was limited for this game and how the playbook is going to expand. With the deep ball threats, I think Deshante Jones and Charlie Kohler um, are going to have and Lamont Petway, however you pronounce his last name, uh, Lamichael, sorry, will take all of the uh, short middle game, um, opening up the field for Tariq Milton, who I believe and who has been known to have the best hands on the team uh, in that receiving core. Um, so I believe he will be the deep ball threat. He has the fastest um, four yard dash time of the group of that position group. There are other guys younger than him who are faster, who have more deep ball threat ability, but they're unproven. So I don't believe Matt Campbell will be playing them, but going forward, I think Tariq Milton is going to be the deep ball threat who can break some plays for the Cyclones. Um, similar to, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Whoever was running opposite of Hakeem Butler last year, Matthew Eaton. Matthew Eaton had the ability to get downfield sometimes, and I think Tariq Milton will be uh, a similar player in that sense. But we saw who got most of the red zone targets. How do I? End zone, tu- end zone targets. Pet, a- pet away
1: with two touchdowns and yeah. a third target, and he only had three catches, but two of them were for touchdowns, including yep. that triple overtime touch, or the double overtime touchdown where Brock Purdy threaded the needle there to him. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal throw. And
2: I think wow. he and I think he and Charlie Kohler will be the end zone targets of this team.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but one thing that the Cyclones need to improve on, and you mentioned this, and I agree with you, our Achilles' heel. This team's Achilles' heel is first and goal. Yep. We cannot we cannot score three uh, plays and we cannot find pay dirt. It, it's it's yeah. astounding how horrible we are at first and goal situations.
1: Yeah, I agree. Especially inside, once we get inside the two, it gets really bad for some reason. We just can't. I don't know. Who's
2: gonna be who's gonna be that running back who can pound it in? I don't we know. Don't have David Montgomery.
1: We don't have Joel Lanning. Nope. So, I don't know.
2: is not big enough and strong enough for that.
1: No, that's something that'll have to get figured out. But overall, survive in advance, just win. Cyclone stayed in the top 25 with the new AP poll that came out on Tuesday. They are tied really? for 25th with Nebraska. So, it, we're still probably looking at a top 25 uh, matchup in CyHawk here. Um, coming up in 2 weeks we'll talk more about previewing that when uh next week's episode comes around but for the now
2: Cyclones have a early bye week
1: yes bye week but what does happen this week is the NFL starts Thursday night with Packers Bears mm-hmm. and then a full slate of games Sunday and Monday after that um so we're not going to do like a huge preview cuz i mean you know we're an Iowa State podcast so Cyclone football took the priority but Kyle, just give me one big thing you're looking at, and then who your Super Bowl champion is going to be. What do you think?
2: One big, big storyline, and then one is the AFC West is going to be competitive um, with the Chiefs and the Chargers, um, oh, and I even think the Broncos could have a fairly good season. Their defense is going to be good again. Um, they have Joe Flacco, which is a huge improvement at quarterback over what they've thrown out on the field in recent years. Um, so I think the AFC West will be more competitive. Um, the biggest thing that I'm looking at is who's gonna. Can anybody stop the Patriots in the in the AFC East this year? Can the Jets rise to the occasion? Um, are the Bills going to be any good? Um, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what where I'm sitting right now. Um, my Super Bowl. You want Super Bowl champs or Super Bowl teams?
1: Teams and then champs. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, Super Bowl teams will be one of, one of two teams from the AFC West, either the Chiefs or the Chargers. My hope would be it's the Chiefs uh, facing the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Drew Brees and that team is going to get it done out of the NFC. Um, and I believe Drew Brees with experience will get his second Super Bowl ring to uh, cement his Hall of Fame career.
1: Hmm. Okay. Wyatt, what do you got? Big storyline and Super Bowl teams.
0: Big storyline for me? I'm not a huge NFL guy, but I am so pumped to see David Montgomery absolutely crush it with the Bears. I think he's going to have a huge breakout season, and it's going to be fantastic to watch for every Cyclone fan and every Bears fan that exists. So I'm super pumped about that. For the Super Bowl, I'm going to take the Browns out of the what? AFC North. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, yeah.
1: Kyle, are nope. you good there? you choking? Need CPI? Yes, a little bit
0: choking almost as bad
2: as the chiefs are gonna
1: and Ooh. then oh,
0: <laughs> hey
2: at least the chiefs have won a super bowl the vikings are still yet to accomplish that why are
1: you taking a jab at the vikings <laughs> i didn't even i'm not even involved in this conversation yet
0: so the browns i mean if you look at the browns they're actually going to be good you got you know baker mayfield again this year uh OBJ's over there now jarvis landry chubb
1: Kansas student second it, isn't involved mayfield's okay
0: I think just it's don't gonna, <laughs>
1: just don't <laughs> it's, don't put the, the KU student section in front of them.
0: It'll be okay. I think they're actually going to be good this year, good enough to be Super Bowl champs. So I don't really care who's coming out out of the other other uh, division. It doesn't really matter because I think the Browns are going to take it all. Hot take, medium take. I want to say medium take. I wouldn't say hot take. Hot take. I think it's a that's medium that's a hot take. take. Uh, I don't that's
1: know. a piping hot
0: <laughs> score. I wish say pipe, piping hot take would be like the Dolphins or something. That's no, that'd be hot.
1: insane. Exactly. Piping hot. What do you got, Mike? Uh, big storyline, running back's holding out. I mean, we touched on it a few weeks ago, but Melvin Gordon still holding out. Ezekiel Elliott still holding out, though he might be nearing a deal now.
2: He just we'll got to, on a plane for Dallas, so... Yeah,
1: so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But that's my big play, my big, my, uh, my big storyline, is running back's also, holding
2: out. Also, so, Mike, who who called that when you said it wouldn't happen? I would just like to point out that I called out that Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott would still be holding out into week one.
1: I mean, there's no guarantee that Zeke will still be holding out into week one.
2: In week one
1: yet, If they're close to a deal. So. But anyway. Um Yeah, so that's my big storyline. Running backs holding out and how that affects the divisions, especially the AFC West and NFC uh South or NFC East, There, SI. That the uh, Cowboys are in, and then Super Bowl prediction. I've got the ooh, I've got the Rams versus the Chargers in the Super Bowl, and I'm going with the Chargers. Philip Rivers finally gets his ring that cements his place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame.
2: So um, I have a question: which which child of Philip Rivers will inherit that ring?
1: Uh, all of them. They're gonna cut it into,
2: what, into nine, nine
1: pieces? Nine pieces. Yeah.
0: All yeah. Right. Make so, it, uh, they could, they all assemble like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy.
1: <laughs> they, they, they could do that. They could. We'll see. He's got to win it first. So. You're right. It's that's a key. Win it first. Um. So with that, keep an eye on that. Uh, the NFL, and we'll give you an update on everything that happened on next week.
2: Another interesting thing before we move on, I want to see how good the. Arizona Cardinals could be.
1: They're gonna be bad. They're gonna be so I know.
2: bad. But I want to yeah. see if that offense can actually work. No, I don't think it will. But
0: nobody, I'm sorry. I kind of, I kind of
2: hate to see Cliff King, Cliff Kingsbury fail, but <laughs> I think he will. Oh well, that's besides the point.
1: They, they're gonna be, they're gonna be bad this year. I'm not saying it won't work. That I'm not saying that offense won't work, but. Gonna be they're gonna be bad this year. Yeah. Kyler Murray just isn't ready for the NFL yet.
2: The Dolphins are gonna be worse though.
1: <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean the Dolphins fire sale. But anyway. Uh we're gonna move on to the MLB because we spent so much time on cycling football that we don't have any more time to spend on um, the NFL. Kyle, give us a couple big things on the Royals here, since we know uh, the winning and there's losing. There's really only
2: one big thing, I guess. Two, they have been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention for a while, uh, yep, but realistically much. eliminated for even longer. Um, other than that, they went through their call-ups. Uh, Alex Gordon pitched in two games um, in the in this current homestand. Um, he actually threw the ball with some fairly good velocity. His fastball hit 89 miles an hour.
1: Wow. Was, that's as good as like one of the twins starting pitches. He was, he was kind of slinging it.
2: Um, he doesn't have a great ERA cause he gave up two home runs. Does he have um, a
1: better ERA than Willens Ostadillo did last year?
2: Maybe. Probably. What, his, what was his, his ERA?
1: Uh, you keep talking. I'll look that up.
2: Cause Alex Gordon, Alex Gordon's ERA right now is 19.18. So, uh, it ain't Willins, great.
1: Willens Astadio is 45.
2: How many innings did he pitch?
1: Uh, one.
2: 45. Oh, Alex, Gordon <laughs> pitched, Alex Gordon pitched two and two-thirds innings. So
1: Astadio pitched one inning, gave up five hits and five runs.
2: But uh, one actually kind of interesting thing. Um, Jorge Soler uh, breaks Mike Moustakis' single-season home run record. Uh, That is actually tonight um, on the night they were recording, Tuesday, September 3rd. Um, The previous home run record uh, was 38 for the season. Uh, Jorge Soler hit an absolute bomb into the fountains in left center field for home run number 39. Uh, Hopefully he reaches the 40 mark. Um, I think that would be really cool for him, Uh, breakout season uh, for him this year for the Royals. So good to see him doing really well since the team is not. Oh, and another thing that was actually finalized, uh, we talked about this last week real quick, uh, but the sale of the team did go through. Um, it was sold to the Kansas City businessman um, who was uh, formerly a part owner in the Cleveland Indians. Um, David Glass did want to sell the team due to his declining health. Um, he had just been diagnosed with an undisclosed uh health issues so i wish the best to him um and his family but he wanted to get this deal done uh before anything happened so team was sold for just north of a billion dollars
1: we could have made that work
2: i think we should have we, we should have tried at
1: least we should have put in we could have <laughs> named them the Kansas City 8311 casts
0: we will put in a 5 dollar bid cuz that is all we can afford
1: <laughs> unless unless dubby's helped us
0: yeah, shout out to Drew, out to Drew Brees. To Drew Brees. Should... Yeah, again.
1: Back to episode, from episode one. Anyway, going to the, from the bottom of the AL Central to the top of the AL Central, the the Twins are still on top of the AL Central. They have put a ton of space between them and the Indians since we last talked. The lead is currently five and a half games, unless I go to MLB.com right here. And the Indians have already lost today, like they might have. But that game is over, and the Indians did lose. So the Twins are now have a six-game lead on the Cleveland Indians now. And that division is pretty much put away at this point. The Indians just got swept by the, uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. If I'm the Indians, I'm looking down at the teams, the wild teams in the wild card and hoping I just stay in that and not even trying to catch the Twins at this point. Uh, so yeah, the Indian the Twins have pretty much buried the Indians, I think, which uh, is a good thing. So they can focus on getting their pitching right here before um, the uh, playoff start. It's looking like the bullpen is actually pretty good. A very good um, set of relievers, set of four, relie- five relievers really. in Trevor May, um, Tyler Duffy, Sergio Romo, Sam Dyson, and Taylor Rogers has been a really good set of five players. In the bullpen. So, the bullpen I actually feel pretty good about uh, so far uh, going into the playoffs. The question is the rotation. Jose Burrios has not been the same pitcher, uh, excuse me, was not the same pitcher in August that he was in April and May. Uh, He's had a ton of bad starts. His velocity is about one or two miles an hour below what it was at the beginning of the year. Uh, So Jose Burrios certainly has some problems that uh, hopefully we can get him a little extra rest here now with uh, September call-ups and the fact that um, we have this big lead on the Indians. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to give him rest and he'll be able to figure it out for the playoffs. Um, Kyle Gibson's now on the DL with digestive issues. So uh, he'll be uh, out for the foreseeable future. Just don't know what this playoff rotation is going to look like. That's the biggest thing the Twins need to figure out between now and then is obviously don't lose all six remaining games to the Indians, even if you just take two of them. That should be enough that the Indians are not going to come back in this division. Um, So just hold on and uh, take at least two against the Indians, and then you'll probably win this division, and then set up your pitching staff for either the Astros or the Yankees in round one so it will be a really fun series. Uh, the one interesting note from September call-ups, the Twins called up their top p- pitching prospect, Brewster Gratterall. Um, he was a starter for the first part of the year in uh, A, and then ran into some shoulder issues and was put on the uh, DL. When he came back for A AA and A the rest of the year, he was coming out of the bullpen, and that's where the Twins are using him now. But he can throw fire. He was clocked as fast as 104 throwing in the minor leagues and uh, made his first appearance for the twins um, just this weekend and pitched an inning while reaching a hundred miles an hour on the stadium radar gun six times with fastballs wow. during the one inning. So, yeah. so very that's, good. Uh, that's,
2: that's a lot faster than I can throw a baseball. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> so the question is, Does Gratterall make the postseason roster as a part of this bullpen or not? He's got a month to prove himself that he should be worthy of this playoff roster. Otherwise, they probably stretch him back out to be a starter for next season. But can he help the Twins' bullpen going into the playoffs? That's the biggest storyline I'm watching for the Twins coming down the stretch here, assuming they hold off the Indians. Otherwise, it'd be one of the worst collapses in baseball history. What about your Cubbies, Wyatt? Well, yeah, a whole I see lot their, for the Cubs. I see their, uh, falling a little bit of a ways behind the uh, Indian or oh, the Indians, though, Not uh, the Indians, Cardinals, the
0: Cardinals, uh, that in is the, uh, true,
1: They're El central three and three and a half uh, back, but they are still in the in the uh, in the wild card as of now.
0: Yeah, so. so that whole thing where we're having issues playing away from Wrigley apparently kind of nestled its way back into the team. And, uh. We can't play in Wrigley now, apparently. But that's all gonna get better because Ben Zobris is back. Contreras is back. Really? Ben Zobris is back? He is back. Wow. Benny and the Jets. That's interesting. He's back.
1: No, he doesn't play for the Jets. The Jets play football.
0: No, but his walk up song is Benny and the Jets. Oh, is it? But okay. sung by his wife. Are they officially divorced?
1: I assume so. That's why he was gone for three months. So yeah, I don't I'm pretty sure that all went through.
0: But uh yeah, his walk up song is a cover of Benny the Jet's by his wife Juliana Juliana, Juliana oberst I don't know Juliana maiden name. Not not entirely sure.
1: I don't know. But, he might okay. change that now though.
0: Probably. But
1: I, maybe I not. Would. Maybe
0: not. Maybe they're still uh, maybe they're still I friends. Don't I don't know. That's not really up for we'll, us to debate because we'll they've it been very private I am not. I might do that. I might not. It's kind of a private thing. If he changes the walk up song, I'll let you know. Yes,
1: that's what you, need you to go. pull it back on, on the walk-up
0: song. There you go. So we're playing the Brewers in Milwaukee, four game series starting uh, Thursday over this weekend.
1: That's huge. That's
0: going to be a make or break, I think, for for the Cubs. Split split that
1: series, and you'll probably pretty much put away Milwaukee. Yep. So.
0: So that's going to be huge. That's the biggest thing to look forward to, I think, right now.
1: Yeah, I probably missed
0: something major, but that's that's kind of the gist of it.
1: You're, hold, you're holding off the Phillies, Cardinals, Brewers, and Mets for that last wild card right now. Two two games up on the Phillies. So, hopefully, oh, we'll see if they can hold off. Right now, Washington's uh, well cemented in that first wild card position. So, it's looking like there's uh, those teams all fighting for that second wild card spot for the right to go to Washington in the one-game playoff. So... Be interested to see if the Cubs can hold on to that. Are there any other general baseball notes that people want to talk about besides the fact that the defending champion Boston Red Sox probably are not going to go to the playoffs as they are still about five games back in the uh, AL wildcard chase with a uh, month to go? So, um, Hangover is real.
0: I do have an uh, interesting thing. Do you, oh, yeah. do you guys see Joe West fall over?
1: No, Rajai
0: Davis like ran into oh, home.
1: I, I didn't see the video, but I saw it's,
0: it's so awkward. Like, dude, Joe West has been, been in the MLB longer than Rajai Davis has been alive.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like, he's old, he is so old, man.
1: He's probably gonna retire after next year. I heard, probably.
0: uh, who knows, but Joe yeah, he fell over nervous. and he couldn't get back up. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, I guess he's pretty old too, but not as old as Joe West. Joe West needs to retire ten years ago. Probably. He need he's, I think he'd be great as just like a consultant for the umpires, not actually being on the field. Yeah. I heard he's really good with other umpires. That's great. I'm sure he loves the game of baseball, but he does not to be need to be on the field. That's fair. That that's all I have. Joe West fell over. It was kind of awkwardly funny.
1: I, I can see how that definitely be funny. So. Like he
0: couldn't get up. Like he, the man, the man was just straddling. I would, it was bad. Anyway, that's all that I got. Shall we move into Mike's stupid rules? Because I heard no. you got a stupid rule for it. Can, can, no, no. can I? Can oh, I? Can I mention don't? something real quick? No, I do. I do.
2: Oh.
1: Yes, Kyle. But you skipped something. Why? And I'm not going to let you get away it? with that. What do you got, Kyle?
2: So I just, as I was scrolling through Twitter looking for some uh, uh, sports stuff. A note for the Thursday night football game this week. All of you Cyclone fans out there need to watch it. Alan Lazard was just called up from the practice squad to fill a spot on the 53-man roster for their tight end who went on the IR today. So ooh, ooh, David Montgomery ooh, wow. and Alan Lazard will be on opposing sidelines on Thursday night football this week. So oh my Cyclone goodness. fans, watch this game. This, be, has been, this has been a long road for Alan Lazard, and he's finally getting rewarded. So
1: yeah,
2: it, this will be really, really cool. So be sure to tune in on Thursday night. All right.
1: Sorry, well, that I, was just really important information. That, that was here. important information. I appreciate that. I was that. trying
0: to be sneaky. Since I messed up the intro, I was trying to skip our weekly turtle tab.
1: You can't do that. I tried. There's big, there's big news in the weekly turtle tab. What's he's the big back. news? He's oh. back, everybody. Willens Astadio is back on the Major League roster. He was a September call-up for the Twins. He started immediately uh, that Sunday at first base for the Twins. And uh, he's also had an appearance at Ketra, uh on Monday. So he's back. He's got a couple hits. He got hit three times uh, in that first game on Sunday. He got hit by a pitch twice. And uh, buy a throw coming home to try to get him out once. He's, people should just know that not to try to throw Astadio out at home. He's just trying to show you chubby people can run too. It, it doesn't work. You can't throw him out at home. He's too big and too fast. So, <laughs> but yes, Astadio's back. He's got a couple hits, couple runs, an RBI. Astadio is back. He is playing. It's good news. Everybody celebrate and look for good Willens Astadio plays because they are coming. Go Will and Dio, You are my favorite.
0: I know that, that excites Kyle, up. and I think you should excite Kyle even more by going into Mike's stupid rules, because I heard you do actually have a stupid rule for I us do, this week. Oh, I do. I'm just make an making an audible
1: from what's on the, uh, the sheet, though. Go so so this, this is something that uh, came up in a Kansas City Royals-Oakland Athletics game the other day. So this game was uh, in Oakland. There was one out in the bottom of the eighth inning, I believe. In Oakland, Oakland had runners on second and third, and they were up by one. Uh, Oakland pops up towards their own dugout. Now, the stadium in Oakland, remember, doesn't have railings in front of the dugout. So the Royals' third baseman is uh, going over to make a play on the ball, and he successfully catches the ball for an out. But his momentum, because there's no railing on that dugout, carries him into the A's dugout, Mm -hmm. which is... Out of play, right? The dugouts are out of play. So because of that, the runners both got to advance one base with the runner uh, on third scoring, which what turned out to be the winning run. So that is your. Rule. So if you go into the dugout, so this would include like falling over the railing into a dugout. So even if you catch the ball, if you then go over the railing, right, or into the dugout, out of play in any way, the runners are awarded one base in a tagging situation like that, right? Since it's assumed, that, since the runners would have to tag up because right? Because of mm-hmm. the catch, they only awarded one base regardless of where they might have been when the ball was caught. So because he went into the dugout there, the runner was correctly, each of the runners were correctly awarded one base on the uh, Royals player going into the dugout uh, at a play. So there's your rule. So if you catch a ball and end up, either in the stands or in the dugout, it is out of play. The out counts. all runners advanced one base because of the catch. There's, huh. your, there's your stupid rule for the week. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did.
0: Actually, yeah, I did enjoy that. That's I good. I did enjoy that. And now Eventually, we can... we'll
1: probably get to the one-point safety as a stupid rule, but we haven't gotten there yet. Maybe we should so. save
0: it until one actually happens. So never? <laughs> that's probably about
1: what we're looking like for that.
0: No, it's going to happen sometime. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking about. forward to it. Do I have um, that prediction in the books yet?
1: Yeah, you have that prediction. Do I?
0: All right. I'll just make a try of it for this season.
1: You do.
0: Speaking of which, I think you need to hold us accountable, Mike, as we segue into the final segment of the episode, which is our Write That Down prediction segment. So do we have anything come off the board this week, Mike?
1: We do. We had two things come off the board in the last two weeks because we did not hold each other accountable last week due to the Cyclone football preview episode. Um, uh, first thing that came off the book was a prediction by Wyatt that said Hakeem Butler would score in Week 1 for the Cardinals. You might be surprised that this is coming off the board that Week 1 hasn't happened, but you know since Butler was placed on IR, there's no way he plays in Week 1. So even yep. though Week 1 hasn't happened, uh, it can be assumed he won't score. So for that, Wyatt gets a... Nah. nah. Um, I also predicted the Twins would go 9-3 and three in their next 12 two weeks ago when they had uh, four straight series against the White Sox, Tigers, White Sox, and Tigers. Uh, the Twins actually went 8-4 and four in those 12 and then picked up their ninth win in a weird 13th lap-around get- to a Monday series that I didn't see when I looked at the schedule. So they did get nine wins against those four teams, but they went 9-4 and four and 8-4 uh, and four in those next 12. So for that, I get a... Nah. Those are the only two things we had come off the board this week. Um, so, as always, Kyle will lead us off with his prediction for the uh, the uh, the week.
2: Yeah. So, this is something that I'm sure we all hope happens uh, in two weeks. College Ames Day. Let's go. We'll <laughs> be rolling into Ames, Iowa for the Hawk showdown between the iowa state cyclones oh, Cyclone. and the team out east so
1: yeah uh i'm feeling double for that what do you think Wyatt?
0: definitely a double that that's a hard double because it's
1: it's not like guaranteed, it's most like
0: it's not it's, guaranteed at all it's pos- but there, it's else, very possible it's possible where else would but college it's not game guaranteed. they go where else would they go They're there's nothing possible. interesting happening that week doesn't matter what yeah. else is interesting happening. That is but the they've most interesting
2: thing. No surpri- like but whenever that's been the case, they've always surprised us by picking some place to go. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they just said, oh, hey, we're just gonna go visit Ohio State because we can.
1: Yeah, I mean they could, but we'll find out, going I suppose. To. We'll I don't to go out. I'm fine with that. Yeah. We'll see. All
0: right. Uh Wyatt, what do you got? I got that the Iowa-Iowa State game will not go into overtime. We will finish that game in regulation. So last time we played Iowa and Kinnick in... oh, and Jack Trice. Apologies. (laughs) Awkward. Aco-Taco. Last time we played them in games, we uh, went into overtime, was it like 42-44 loss? Something
1: like uh, that. For
0: Iowa State.
1: Would have been a loss by three. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. So 42-45, doesn't really matter. Something like that, yeah. Um... Yeah, we're gonna finish in regulation, and also, you know, going after the whole you and I thing, we're going to triple overtime. Not cool, but hey, you know, stressful, very stressful.
1: Um, I'd only give you a single for that. Most games don't go into overtime. That's so. yeah. um, yeah, yeah that's what
2: I'd say. you're right.
1: Also, just a note going back on uh, Kyle's college game day prediction. Um, the probably only other option the only other ranked game is Stanford at UCF that would be their other option for a uh, a game to go to for okay. college game day or they could go to Alabama at South Carolina
0: nobody cares about Pitt that at game Penn
1: State nobody cares
0: about that game
1: Arizona State at Michigan State
0: nobody really cares about
1: that game Clemson at Syracuse those are really their only options for games so Definitely in Clemson the top five.
2: Syracuse could be a game they'd go to because Syracuse is.
1: They've more. already been to a Clemson game once this year, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Keep an eye. It should come out next Saturday night slash Sunday morning, where we'll figure out uh, what uh, college where college game day will be. Check eighty uh, three eleven cast Instagram. Uh, come then, and we'll get you informed on uh, whether college game day is coming to Ames.
0: You but, bet we will, but you still have to submit your prediction, Mike. I
1: do. My prediction is that the Cyclones will make it into the top ten of the Ooh. AP poll at some point this year. Top ten.
0: We give you. A, I, I would go triple on that.
2: I would also go triple.
0: I don't. I don't know what the offense is capable of. I think they're doing great. The, right now, I see, they're not it's top not ten. Great.
2: Good enough to be a top.
0: Oh yeah. 10 team. Oh, for sure.
1: That's not a home run.
0: That's not a home run. If you, you said sure? top
2: five home run, top they're seven, they're not gonna run. make it. The
1: top top five, seven,
0: top eight top even, I'd give you a home run. run. Top ten, Nine. I could see. It. I could. I think it's gonna happen. Hey, I you should be happy could, about I that. I think
2: they could crack number ten.
0: Fine. I think they can. I really think they can. Fine. I'll you take should that. be pumped about that. I'll
1: take that. I guess. Do we have anything from Josh this week? Do. Josh is like right, the down prediction is that the Bluers will still make the playoffs. For reference, the Brewers are currently three and a half out of the wild card and six and a half out of that division. No. I would say probably that's a, that's a triple or a home run. Yeah. Home run. home run. Home run? All right, we'll give them a home run for it. That would be a heck of a comeback if the Brewers managed to do it. Even yeah, after they, they want to it. Tonight, so, no way. All right, that's a home run for Josh.
0: So we got full Write That Down predictions in, which concludes the Write That Down predictions segment, which also concludes this episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 45 of the 8311cast. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at 8311cast and drop us a line at 8311cast.fireside.fm slash contact. Signing off for the 8311cast, we have your hosts,
2: Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig,
0: and Wyatt Teeter. We will talk to you next week. Go Go
2: Cyclones. Go Cyclones!